Hello and welcome to episode 160 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. There's something about 160 that feels quite grown up, Al. I mean, I like to think you're grown up long before you hit 160. I mean, you're technically classed as a grown up at 18, so 160 is doing pretty well, yeah. I think. But it is a big number, and it's, I think, I'll get more excited when we get 200. Yeah. Uh, that feels like our next big milestone. But yeah, 160 is, we're, we're doing something solid. We've produced a lot of content. Yeah, absolutely. A bunch of extra stuff too, but I'm sure we'll mention that at some point. Anyway, Anton, hello, how are you? I'm doing very well. I, I'm similarly just uh, daunted by the, the number of episodes we're at. It's just madness. And as you mentioned, that doesn't even take into account the Patreon content that we do, which is quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us to find out more. Uh, everything that we get in from the uh, Patreon, any supporter of us uh, goes straight back into the podcast to create more content. So, And there's a bunch of stuff happening for our Patreons as well, and we'll update you on all that very soon. But you get a bunch of extra podcasts, around about eight extra each month and a bunch of other fun things. I think we're going to be playing some Among Us next week. I think Wednesday night at eight has been uh, decided on, and I think we had we had s- s- quite a few replies on the doodle poll that we did. To, so that seems like the time. Are either of you going to be there, Al? Uh, did we decide on this week or next week? Next week. Well, next. Uh, it's this week. It's this week. If it's this week, then yes, my plan is to be there. Yeah. I say next week. <laughs> I will be there slaughtering you on uh, digital this, formats and it'll be hilarious. This is far. every single time we say, I say this week or next week. I said next week as in tomorrow's Monday, new week, Wednesday. And if I say this week, you go, what do you mean next week? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's, I'm getting confused. You'll I'm be old. That's fine. Anton, will you make it? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be running uh, very tight, but if everything goes goes according to plan, which hopefully it should, I should be there on the dot. Okay. Uh, very excited to murder you too. Uh, I mean, it is basically what happens, but that's fine. It's like most of the rest of my life. Um, we've got one new review on podcast, the Apple Podcast app this week, and we really appreciate it. It is from one of our patrons. I recognize the username, uh, Amon Mar. So thank you so much to Amon Mar for the amazing review. It says, amazing podcasting community, five stars. And it says... The reviews speak for themselves. This podcast is absolutely brilliant. It's really well constructed and leaves you wanting to hear more, but also often helps you find some gems for the Switch. The guys have awesome chemistry together, which sometimes is hard to convey for other podcasts, and their guest shows have been just as excellent too. Finally, the community. It's one of a kind and super welcoming. You really feel like you're among friends, and it's not just talk on all things Switch either. Can't recommend the podcast enough. If you own a Switch, or even if you're on the fence about getting one, give this a listen. P.S. Check out their Patreon. You can get a ton of other shows and you can get mugs. And I think that <laughs> might be my favourite ever review, Al. It is a brilliant review. I mean, obviously, it, it, it's glowing, which makes us happy. It, it's so nice when we get such lovely, positive reviews, but particularly when they come in from people that we know. I mean, we know Amanmar just through the Discord, but through being a Patreon, we've got to know them and everyone gets to know each other so well and it's just oh that that gives me the, the tingles in my heart and you know what yeah you get mugs and you get to hang out with us and it's it's just a really nice place to be plus i have to give a shout out to Am- amamar because he's doing pretty well in our in our discord we've got a whole little sub channels like book club and all kinds of stuff there's a little formula one club going there we've got a little formula one league he's doing quite well just saying yeah i did notice that <laughs> even though i know nothing about formula one but i did notice that um yes anton it is nice when we get these but this one particularly um gives a good idea of what it's all about for us yeah i think what's quite lovely about it is this has grown from one humble podcast into quite an, an operation between all of the kind of bonus stuff that we do on the patreon the community and all that so it's lovely to kind of see it uh, sh- Short, shared and discussed as a whole and it's just heartwarming okay what have you been playing this week i'm going to start with anton yes yeah, so um i've been rotating between two games on two different platforms that are interlinked and that is the burnout franchise uh criterion games in the news we won't be discussing it here give them a wee google basically ea's acquisition of codemasters is meaning that Criterion Games has been brought out of retirement because Codemaster understands the value of Criterion and is getting them to make games again. So super excited there. So to play tribute to that news, I've been rotating between Burnout Paradise on my Nintendo Switch and Burnout Revenge on the Xbox 360. 
people love to choose like, oh, Burnout Free is the greatest arcade racer of all time. Burnout Paradise is the greatest arcade racer of all time. I think between Free Revenge and Paradise, they're three of the best arcade racers of all time. And I can have any of them at any time and I'm happy. Loving it. How about yourself, Al? Oh, I was hoping you were going to ask me. I in honestly haven't played a single video game this week. And I don't mean I've not played the Switch. I've not played any video games at all this week. Wow. It's not even been... sure? No. I've literally... Oh well, I think, okay, I've played tour. But that's a, <laughs> something mobile. It doesn't count. I've played tour. But yeah. No, I, I've not played the Xbox. I've not played the Switch. I've not played anything on um, any sort of like the PC or the, anything like that. Just I have... I've had a sad gaming week. Sorry. Well, that is sad. Well, I have played um, something new. I played, so I played more of um, more Kirby, which has been great. But I've also played Nintendo Switch Sports. Ooh, did you buy it, or did someone else have it? Or? Uh, my wife bought it actually, um, because we used to love the old one, and um, and uh, yeah, we're very. It's fun. It's really fun. It's very bare bones. I think this is the comment that a lot of people have said. There's not a huge amount of content, and I kind of feel like they could do more with it. But having said that, what's there is fun. I I think it's a real kind of silly kind of fun game. I think, though, if I'm honest, pricing point should have been at the £20 mark. I think 30 feels a little pricey for what it is. Having said that, we'll get plenty of use out of it because it's the kind of game that you can pick up and play with anybody because it's straightforward enough. So that was good. Um, the other thing is I ordered an Oculus Quest 2 for tomorrow, but I haven't told my wife yet. So if she's listening to this, um, there's a parcel coming tomorrow. Oh. Of course you is. <laughs> That's kind of cool, I think. Because, I mean, I've I, the only time I've ever tried an Oculus was at your house. Um, yeah. We had the demo. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait to come around and play more of it because, yeah. you know, that's how it's cool. You now need to definitely buy the house across the road from me so that we can <laughs> so I can come and crash and use your Oculus too more often. This is a story update. I, uh, I did actually put an offer in a house. It's not been rejected yet. We're just waiting to see if that happens. Uh, that's a whole other story. If that happens, trust me, you'll hear about it because I'll suddenly appear in my house in the middle of the night. Well, maybe not the middle of the night. That would be odd. But, uh, um, that would be odd. Anton, have you had I a chance do that. to play? No, I know we're joking. And Nintendo to switch sports yet i haven't uh but just to follow up there on very jealous of the quest 2 i i did have an oculus rift but no longer have access to a pc so i'm very much missing vr definitely recommend checking out of course beat saber is the greatest game of all time yeah and lone echo early oculus rift title but really good yeah i think uh, Moss is another one I've played that I really liked. Mm. It's a platformer, which you'll get many of, but it's very good. There's a couple others as well, but any recommendations, Anton, send it my way. I will. So what, what pushed you over the edge? Why did you decide to jump in and buy one? Um, partly price point. They're, they're not as pricey as they used to be. I know there's a new one coming there's, that's in development that's going to supersede all this, but it's around, it was about 200 and something I paid for it, which to be perfectly honest, there's a lot of free content on there. I know I'm going to get the use of it because for example, I'm going away with the family in two weeks' time for a long weekend to celebrate um, a, a lockdown birthday that we didn't get this, a chance to celebrate. So the whole family are going to be there in a rented a house. It's the perfect thing for that because you can just take it with you and you can see people's faces for the first time as they have it. Because you know what it was like. It's an incredible experience, isn't it, Al? Oh, it blows your mind. The first time you do it, you're just... I mean, I, I had an idea what VR was going to be like, but actually doing it and experiencing it is just so cool frankly I, I thought about it for a long time but I'd, I'd never kind of made the jump because I, I won't play it as much as I play the Switch there's no doubt about that I mean I, don't, I barely play the Xbox and I've got one of those so it's um, it's not going to take over from what I'd normally do I'm on the train tomorrow it'll be the Switch if I brought the VR on the train that would be hilarious but also I would look very odd so um, but it's it's kind of something that I think I will use more than maybe a lot of people will just because I like when family come around and I like kind of you know giving them that opportunity to try it I recommend that if you're doing it for friends and family, uh, Super Hot VR. One is a really great game because you don't really need to understand anything. You know, you just hand somebody a gun, they pick it up, they start shooting. But it's also got like a 15 minutes, like 10, 15 minutes family mode where it just like gives people like a little vr get your feet wet session which is really great for those sort of settings nice i will i've seen that recommended many times so i'm gonna i didn't know that though so i'm gonna i'm gonna put that on the list okay let's get started on nintendo switch news and we're gonna begin with a few stories in the news tell us what people want to know Falcon Development have announced Cattails Wildwood Story for the Nintendo Switch. It's a cat-like RPG, life sim and dating sim. The game has a £30,000 Kickstarter goal, but it has raised 184000 It's coming out late 2023. Now, I had the first Cattails, which I think has instigated this new 
uh, big version of it. I thought it had a lot of potential um, and I picked it up really cheap and I like it. It was very cute and it was cool, but I, it probably wasn't fleshed out enough. Anton, is this one going to be the fleshed out experience that I always wanted? It looks as such. On the surface, it looks fairly simple, especially graphically and animations-wise. However, kind of going through the gameplay preview that they've shown, it looks like they've added a lot, a lot, a lot of content. It looks like if you want to just take this game fairly serious and go on these quests, you can do that. If you want to do more of the Stardew Valley-esque life stuff, you can do that. Or if you just want to date other cats, that is an option. It looks fairly ambitious in terms of scale, Al. Yeah, this is a really weird title. Having never seen the original one, but being aware of it, I came to this one, started watching, you know, they've done like a little demo trailer thing for it. And the animation at the beginning, which is, I presume, part of the game, is kind of really cool, just nice stylized cartoons. It's really cool. Then you get into the actual game, which, as you say, looks a little bit visually basic. But I can see how people could fall in love with this game because you are basically playing as cats. And I know there's a lot of people out there who bizarrely are absolutely obsessed with cats. Don't ask me why. They just are. But some of the... Some of the ways that I think a game animates, there's just some that, like, you know, you walk towards berries and they get sucked towards a character, just looks a bit, I'm going to call it janky. It just doesn't look good. But I think the game has so much going for it that actually it's probably going to be a really good title. Yeah. I mean, you've played the first, Mike. What, what, what did you make of it other than being a little bit sort of shy? Do you, do you think this looks like it's going to be more fleshed out just from what you've seen? Definitely. And I think that you're right about the animation. It's not, it's stylized in a way. I suspect because they had a quite small budget to start with that they've not gone for anything too kind of high octane crazy. But what I do like about it is that because it's simple, it means that you focus more on what the actual story is about and what you're actually trying to do in the game. A bit like a Stardew Valley type idea. So I think this has potential because the first one felt a bit like, it's like, we've got this great idea, but wouldn't it be great if we had more budget to make it more of it? So I'll be interested to see how this develops. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some developments in, now they've got that big budget, if we see some developments in those animations that they've shown, um, they could change slightly because, you know, they've exceeded their budget massively. So I I watched this space one for me. I really hope it does well, though, because, you know, cats and video games can't really go wrong. So... Uh, right, next up, Pickpock have announced Shatter Remastered Deluxe for the Nintendo Switch. It's extreme arcade fun, and it's coming out this year. I um, really like this one. It's a PS3 uh, PC and mobile game from 2009. Um, but I just really like... I, I loved Breakout. So, full disclosure, I loved Breakout, the old-school 80s game. And this just feels like that, but, like, crazy version, Al. I am so with you on this. I mean, it's... It shouldn't be a great game. It is kind of just... Yeah, actually, it's Breakout, but on steroids. There's just a whole load of things going on on the screen, but not in such a... Not an overpowering way. It's just in a complicated and fun way. The visuals are bright. The soundtrack is really, really cool. I mean, this was an award-winning game when it came out back in 2009, and it's now coming to the Switch, and it's looking fabulous. I really want to get my hands on this and play it. I, I just, It just makes me want to grab it with both hands and play i mean it doesn't look like sort of the most complicated game in the world but it looks fun and that's the important thing anton yeah i'm completely with you it's kind of got the elevation of a classic formula that we've seen with titles such as geometry wars or more contemporarily speaking asteroid recharged however it feels like it's done the iteration that asteroid recharge has done to asteroids however pushed it a lot more further pac-man dx that's the sort of images you should be thinking about when you're thinking about this title just arcade fun elevated with the kind of visual fidelity that you can achieve now within of these kind of classic art forms looks real fun and it has a good track record to back it up so i'm excited to get this one once it pops on the nintendo switch yeah gotta agree i'm very excited i think it's going to be an ideal home for it as well uh francisco gonzalez have announced uh, has announced lamplight city for the N- nintendo switch it's a detective adventure game coming out on the 2nd of june this year so uh, not long at all uh interesting one this one you get to uh, be a detective but you do face the consequences and depending on what way you decide to investigate and a uh, bit of a kind of point and click meets uh, detective story and actually detective stories are quite hard to do uh, in video game form they're, they're they can be very hit or miss but i do like where they've gone with this in terms of the style i think it's got a real quality to it even though it's um old school in its presentation so i i'm hopeful this is good but will it end up in the bargain benal 
I don't know. I mean, it, listen, until this comes out, we, we really don't know about this one. It has a lot of potential behind it. I, I mean, I love some of the detail. The animations, you can tell. There's a couple of scenes where you can see the protagonist, you know, landing a couple of punches on bad guys. But the animation of the bad guys turning and falling is just, it's so well done. It's its the, the art is brilliant. I really like the way that this game has been drawn uh, and some of the inspiration from it. They've, they've taken a completely different approach to most games of this type. They describe it as, as having a single-click interface with no inventory, which means it's none of this, you know, drag this, try it, drag this, try it, drag this the nonsense you get with most point-and-clicks. This is literally just use your intuition, work things out, click on the, st- the thing and on you go, and you, you've got a journal to help piece things together. And what I quite like about it is the fact that if you mess up an investigation then it's not sort of the end of the world. It just changes the way the game works. So if you mess up an investigation, you figure out that you can't actually solve them, that murder. You move on to the next one, and the story kind of adapts and flows with you. So it it does sound like this game's got a lot of replayability to it. It just sounds like it could be a fascinating title when it comes out. I mean, are you thinking along the same lines, Anton? Yeah, I, I similarly quite like the uh, adaptability of it, and it kind of lends into a sense of, I think, groundedness in the, the way that you're figuring all this out. You know, I've seen a lot of these kind of detective investigative titles where it's like, oh, and then I looked down and found a hair, and using my encyclopedic knowledge of everything, I knew it was this animal, and the person murdered this person with a line that they got at the flea market. And it's just like, okay, you've connected a lot of dots there that... Sure, I suppose you just know that. No, this feels quite grounded in the, the level of investigativeness to it. And I won't lie, I'm with you in terms of the presentation. It's, you know, it's complicated, but it's clean. There's not like a messiness to it, which I'm very impressed by. Yeah, I agree with that. There is something about it that makes me want to find out more. Next up, Outright Games have announced Paw Patrol Grand Prix the Nintendo Switch. It's an arcade kart racer. A kart racer on the Switch? Never heard of such a thing. Coming out on the 30th of September. Uh, my impression of this is that I actually think it's presented quite well in terms of the animations and the and the tracks. Weird that it's a, there's 11 tracks. That feels like a strange number to me. Um, and uh, the only thing I would say is it, it feels slow watching it. It doesn't feel high-octane, fast-paced kart racing. But, uh, Al, what's your impression? Well, you're spot on, and I think it's a really good thing. I mean, this game is going to be aimed at, what, three, four-year-olds. This yeah. is this is your first kart racer. And I was watching it, watching it going, that looks brilliantly slow. They've, uh, I, they've really thought about the audience, and it looks like it's a very simple, but very pretty, very interesting kind of kart racer. The visuals look, for a game like this, brilliant. I mean, you've got all the Paw Patrol characters and their little vehicle things are all in there. You've got some interesting looking tracks that are linked and familiar to actual settings in the Paw Patrol world. So, I mean, for a kids getting into into gaming, this actually does seem like a pretty good proposition. I, I you, you might expect me to be grumpy about these kind of games, but actually, for once, it looks like they've done a really good entry into the world for small people of games. It's it's classic. I mean, Anton, you, uh, Mike and I both got kids, so we've kind of come from this point of view. You're young enough, you don't have kids. What were your initial impressions when you saw this? You know, it will be in a bargain bin very shortly. However, um, I've got to say, at least compared to some of the other very, very kids-like uh, friendly kart racers, one, it feels like they've designed the courses to just be a little bit more easy, which I quite uh, appreciate. And as well as that, it just feels a little bit less malicious than Ryan's, uh, you know, parents making money off of their kids and then making a kart racer. So I like that. Uh, so this is the next best one for kids and an entry level into the wonderful world of kart racers. I wouldn't be surprised if my son in a year's time will be playing this. At the moment, no, he's, he's too small. But I can see him this being one of the first type of games that he would play at sort of three, four. I can see that. But um, yeah, absolutely agree with that. I think it certainly could have been worse, but I think we will be picking it up a bit cheaper soon enough. Um, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, the PIF, have acquired a 5.01% stake in Nintendo, making them it's uh, making them the fifth biggest shareholder of Nintendo. Uh, what do we read into this, Al? Mm, well, there's not there's not really a whole lot to read into. I mean, they have been buying up uh, development companies. I think they they have an interest in building up their own sort of uh, in country development skills, and will probably want to learn how to go about the business of doing gaming stuff. So they bought a five percent share in Nintendo. They already own something like ninety five percent of oh gosh, what companies that they own a share of? Anton might know off the top of your head. Can you remember who it is they own? 
I do not have it off the top of my head, sadly. No, there was there's, there's one of the big firms, one of the big development houses. They they own like almost all of it, which I didn't know before. So it kind of makes sense they're doing it. Plus, it is an investment. Nintendo shares are kind of down a little bit, so Saudi's uh, PIF can come in, pick them up, and make a nice tidy profit. Presumably, when the Switch Pro gets announced, and everyone goes yay, and the shares shoot back up again. So, from a business point of view, I guess that makes a lot of sense too. It kind of comes back to what we were saying. Um, last week, two weeks ago, about Nintendo not really being up for sale, but there's nothing stopping someone coming in and swiping a whole big chunk of their shares and effectively may not be able to buy them over, but you can certainly get a large controlling stake in the company if you really want to. You've got enough money kicking around. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At The Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes, it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative a construction off the <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely entirely check out the gaming blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now indeed it's um yeah it's an interesting one um it's gonna be curious to see how this project to expand into gaming changes I won't lie, it does make me a little bit nervous because I, I know in terms of queer rights and women's rights, there's some issues there and I hope they don't um, censor or tweak how Nintendo presents themselves and prevent Nintendo's progress on those regards. Um, but yeah, it's just another reminder that even the biggest people within of the gaming industry are not invulnerable to just getting controlling shares tweaking the direction of the company. Yeah. I've just looked it up. They own a 95, 96% stake in SNK, and they also bought a 5% stake in Capcom earlier this year. Wow, okay. Oh, serious investment there then. Uh, Clear Sky Games find have found themselves in the crossfire as their new indie game, My Splaced, has been labelled as well-made but blatant clone <laughs> of the Legend of Zelda's Link's Awakening. Um, also pronounced misplaced. Oh, is it my... Albeit spelt weirdly. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Right, okay, not my... I, I, I thought it was maybe a play on MySpace, but clearly That's not. That's what I thought when I saw yeah, it as well, but yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> misplaced with a Y, so MySplaced. Um, what's, your, what's your thoughts on this one, Anton? Uh, yeah, I won't lie. People are giving this a lot of praise because the level it's at, it will have needed to require a lot of work, but it is such a clone of Breath of the Wild. <laughs> like, I know people like to call... Uh, not Breath of the Wild, just Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening in particular. Um, I know a lot of people like to criticise a lot of games and call them Zelda clones, uh, such as Oceanhorn, but this one is really on the money for how much of a clone it is. And there's some loose elements of evolution, especially in terms of elemental stuff, like you can set fire to bushes and do some interesting stuff. There's like some magnet puzzles that look novel, but I think there's a lot of room for... uh, Kind of elevating beyond the format of Link's Awakening, uh, would you say, Al? Um, yeah, but I'm inclined to give these guys a little bit of a break. I mean, it's a two-person team that's built this. Um, what's it called? Uh, Clear Sky Games. It's, it's like two people, and this is sort of an early build. I think it's about an hour of playable game. So you could kind of say that this is their test bed, and actually they've been really, really smart because they've copied a game which has got them in front of you know, the world's media and everybody's talking about this game already. And all they've done is a little bit of work to it. It looks really beautiful. It's a gorgeous game. They have nailed it. So if they can then take that as a premise and build on it and put in a whole of unique things, effectively using Zelda as a jumping off point, then that's pretty smart, actually. I've not got a problem with that. But yeah, the internet is being somewhat unkind to them and I can understand why but it does look really good. Yeah, we should also clarify, it looks like the remaster of Link's Awakening, yeah. just just in case you're, you're wondering if we're talking about the original version but um, it is, It's a, it looks incredible and um, they've done a really good job, albeit and my favourite comment on their YouTube page was, this reminds me of Link's Awakening with a bit of Link's Awakening and a dash of Link's Awakening thrown in um, So, <laughs> which I think is, is probably fair, but it's, it's good and it looks really impressive, so well done to them and I just hope they don't get um, into any legal trouble with it because it does feel very close. 
Uh, Test Drive Unlimited Solar Crown has been delayed till 2023. The PS4 and Xbox One versions of the games have been cancelled. No comment on the Switch port, but... I can see why in 2023, if they're delaying it out, they're going to cancel PS4 and Xbox One because most people now with the price of a Series S, for example, are moving on to this generation. You can pick up a Switch Lite. I think Anton shared one in our group for about 80 quid um, the other day that was being sold. And I think you can see that. I think it's likely that the Switch will not come under that same category of gaming as PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, I don't know. This is... this is a confusing one. So I, I totally get why they cancel on the PS4 and the Xbox One. They're just focusing on the current gen slash next gen things. Fine. Okay. PS5, Xbox, Series SX. That makes a lot of sense. But to not mention the Switch at all is a really interesting position to take. It either means that it's still on and they're just not mentioned it, or it could hint to they have plans, but they can't talk about it yet because the Nintendo hasn't made some sort of announcement. Now, I know that's getting a little bit conspiracy theorist, but... Well, Interest. I like a good conspiracy theory when it comes to video games. Yeah, and in their original trailer, they did mention the Switch, but of course they also mentioned Xbox One and PlayStation 4. They had all the, the, the logos, but... I so mean, technically, I, the Switch is current gen. Yes. Yeah, Those so old I, ones are old ones. So, I mean, it is current gen. It, I, it I don't think... It. I think they would have mentioned it if it was being removed. I don't. I think it's still there at the moment. It may change. Anton, what's your thoughts? Indeed, yeah. As I mentioned in my slightly angry message on the Atlas survey, <laughs> the Switch is the best-selling console of the generation right now, so it would be an interesting turn of fate to have a game, you know, do that free assortments of devices. Yeah. Uh, you know, going for the most cutting edge and the soon-to-be next or current generation, I guess they are the current generation, growing current generation, and the best-selling console. It's going to be an interesting lineup, but I guess there's a degree of financial sense to it and I'm excited to see what this full title ends up being if it can both theoretically maybe run on a Switch and takes it full advantage of the next generation. Yeah, well, the trailer looks pretty impressive, I've got to say. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, Pokemon Unite Club membership is now available. By becoming a member, you can receive daily... AOS Gems, is that how you pronounce it? Access to exclusive Holloware, members only discount on fashion items and more. $9.99 a month. Uh, Are you signing up, Al? Well, given I played Pokemon Unite once and went, oh, can't be bothered with this and gave up again, probably not is the answer to that. Uh, It is is an odd idea, this to me, but I suppose it depends. If you're heavily invested into the, the... world of Pokemon Unite and you're you know you're loving it you're enjoying it and you want to pay ten pound a month to get some extra gems and some some cosmetic things that's basically what it boils down to sure by all means go for it I'm fascinated to know how big the audience is how many people are actually going to sign up for this how many people are spending real cash in the game I just haven't got a clue do you have an insight into this Anton uh yeah this is a I don't know, pretty aggressive monetization here. Even the biggest titles can maybe charge like a, this, like a tenner for a battle pass every three months in the case of a Fortnite, a PUBG or an Apex Legends. Uh, trying to get people locked into a subscription like that, I guess it would, I could only really see it working if there's just enough gems that somebody's like, oh, I'm paying like twice that anyway. Um, I think this will only be for the most die-hard Pokemon Unite players, but it is a, a sad state to see that this is, you know, this is the kind of way games are getting monetized. You could get an entire Game Pass subscription for this amount, a third of Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pass. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if in a year's time we're still talking about that as being a thing or if it if it works at all i have my doubts it will be a long-lasting thing but we'll see i might be absolutely wrong all right it is time for turbo mode you what? so i'm going to run through a few of the stories and then i'll get you both to pick up on some of them and i will also do the same so uh Tauken ranbu warriors has a free demo don't you start on my pronunciation of that it is that's the right pronunciation and i'll stick with that no matter what you say uh, 2k <laughs> games also seem to be flirting with fifa uh, we're definitely interesting interested in expanding our opportunities in sport and fifa has a great brand and incredible clout but we have no current plans to discuss new the legend of zelda breath of the wild speedrunning record has been set at 24 minutes and 15 seconds 
Uh, Sega has released some Sonic Origins gameplay. Minecraft has some Angry Birds DLC for $9.99. Thunderful Group is developing three more SteamWorld games. Toby Fox has shared an update on Deltarune, saying, by the way, the game development is going well. I'm getting more and more people to help recently. I have good feelings about it. Samsung have released Pokemon-themed earbuds in South Korea, and Splatoon 3 will support Save Data Cloud, unlike Splatoon 2. Uh, Alistair. Yo. Would you like my thoughts, Mike? Uh, yes, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, okay, obviously well, you can't read them. <laughs> <laughs> let's start off with the uh, Samsung and their Pokemon earbuds. I think, I think technically what they released, I went and looked this up, they've released a Pokemon earbud charging case, which is in the shape of a Pokeball that you can put your Samsung uh, Galaxy earbuds into. And it looks really, really cool uh, until you realise that they're charging quite a lot of money for it. It's about... £85, I think, for a charging case that looks like a Pokeball. It's insane, but cool. So, yeah, I have very mixed feelings about that. It's kind of, it's it's amusing, but what? Who's going to buy that? Uh, we said that a lot of Pokemon fans will buy that. Scratch that. I know exactly who'll buy that. Um, Minecraft Angry Birds, that's... I, that's kind of fun, actually. I mean, they've kind of there's been many crossovers in the past, and I'm pretty sure this isn't the first time those two franchises have crossed over. But I have to say, I'm kind of taken with it. Having never played Minecraft myself, my son plays it constantly, but I've never played it. I love the idea of Minecraft and Angry Birds, and just being able to play Angry Birds in 3D in a Minecraft world, which you can do as well as going adventures and doing a lot of other stuff. You get skins and characters and uh, stuff. Could they but could they call it um, Angry Minor Birds? As in, like, minor birds, minor birds. Anyway, sorry. Anton laughed. <laughs> he did, very quietly. Anton thought that was funny. I could see that that was I funny. was enjoying the silence, my friend. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm fascinated to know uh, your take on the EA, Mike, when we come to that, uh, and FIFA. Because, actually, I, I don't get why T- 2K would be interested in the FIFA brand, because EA just dropped it, going, it didn't really bring much, and we've got everything we need, why do we need the name? And FIFA seemed to be being, from what I'd read in the media, difficult to deal with. They wouldn't be surprised if it was EA that was being difficult to deal with, because EA, but it's a weird one for them to want to pick up. Uh, and the last thing I really just wanted to touch on, I really wanted to ask Anton, this uh, run on... Uh, Legend of Zelda speedrunning 24 minutes and 15 do you know what the last the previous record was is that like a significant step forward or is it just a teeny tiny one so for the longest time the the kind of Breath of the Wild speedrunning record has been in that sub 30 second category however historically it's only went down well let's say like sub 27 minutes it's only been getting trimmed down by like a second, a second and a half at a time. The noteworthy thing about this most recent record is it got trimmed down 30, 45 seconds. Like it was a much larger chunk than historically ever done. And apparently there were no big game breaking strategies. It was just the most perfect, refined, RNG perfect run of all time. That has just pushed the record a little bit forward. Just some of the techniques that these speedrunners are doing are quite incredible of, you know, using the stasis to lock objects and then hitting them perfectly. So it's flings you through skyboxes. It's it's madness. Yeah, it's so much commitment. <laughs> it really is. Uh, but fair play to them. Anton, um, I, I, sorry, Al, have you finished with all your... Ah, I'm yeah. done. I'll, okay. I'll let you guys talk Sega and Sonic and, and Origins because well, I'm sure that's what you want to talk about. Anton, I'll, I'll pass over to you first. Okay, yeah, I won't lie. I'm very interested to see the what happens with 2K uh, and the FIFA brand. As EA games, I think, have been incredibly complacent with a lot of their intellectual property that they've had, you know, ownership over. I think comparing the ports of t- NBA 2K to uh, FIFA Legacy Edition really shows the the dividing quality that both uh, people are making. And I'd be curious to see, given the consumer choice, would they stick with EA Sports FC, a franchise that they've technically been playing for decades, or would they stick with the FIFA IP? When a kid goes into a shop, which one are they going to pick? I think as a just an outside observer, I'd be curious to see what a battle between those two companies would be like, and as well as that, 
2K, they've done some great games with their sports titles in terms of quality and fidelity. However, they haven't been working on this IP for 20 years. So I would be fascinated to see how that comes out. Toby Fox and Delta Rune, I love Undertale and I'm so excited to try out the full experience. And once again, Splatoon 3, refining all the incredible work done on Splatoon 2. It's a fun time to be a gamer, Mike. It is. Um, I'm amazed you didn't mention Sonic Origins, but I will start there because, um, yeah, some. it's great that we've got this collection. I always like a good uh, classic Sonic collection. I do feel that they're going to have to get the price point right on this because it is a collection that you can get in many other places. There are a few... Um, quality of life things they've done and there's a few things that you can you can do in these which um you know seem to be hopefully it will be the definitive way to play them but uh i'll sit on the fence with that one although i am i I love those games and they're some of the first ones i ever played and completed uh yet same as you i'm gonna now wait until the full delta rune experience is here before playing it so i'm excited to see how that develops and that was great to hear um uh, Taukin Ranbu Warriors, uh, if you're into the kind of Warriors games, it's probably worth trying this one out, actually, because I don't know much about it, but it looks all right and is a free demo, so it's worth doing. And like you, uh, 2K Games, excellent with their sports titles over the years. They were the real kind of people who knew sports games would play a 2K game because they were well done. And I totally get where you're coming from and where they're coming from with the the FIFA um, uh, sort of uh, potential tie-in, because although FIFA have a double kind of edge thing with their name. You're right. If a kid goes into the shop, kids call it FIFA. They don't call it EA Sports. It's called FIFA. It's been FIFA for 30 years. So I think there's a lot of reasons for 2K to go, actually, let's see what we can do. But as Al said, politics-wise, it could get murky. FIFA generally are not the best. But yeah, really good stuff and great stuff about Splatoon 3 as well. I really like that. Um, bit of news for Splatoon players as well. Okay, let's move on then and talk about the rumours. Now, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... Just a couple of rumours this week. First of all, the Elder Scrolls uh, Skyrim Anniversary Edition has been uh, rated for the Nintendo Switch in Taiwan. Interesting one, this, because obviously we've got Skyrim already. I've got Skyrim. Uh, the Anniversary Edition, I don't know, is it cash grab doing this or is it just a cool little edition, Anton? Uh, yeah, this will be an interesting one. I've been actually uh, throughout the week watching my roommate play uh, the Anniversary Edition and it's amazing that I guess you're almost just paying for the privilege. So basically the Anniversary Edition was a update that included a 4K Series X and PlayStation 5 patch and they incorporated in and kind of made sure they worked to at least Bethesda standards 800 mods. Uh, and a lot of those mods aren't reinventing the wheel, but filling in gaps in the the game that just didn't make sense. So, for instance, you can adopt children. This meant you could now adopt children of all the different races, not just humans. So it's a lot of filling in gaps that were missing in the real title, adding a survival mode where, you know, you have to sleep. There was beds. That makes sense. Take advantage of those beds. So I think outside of lacking those graphical upgrades... This will add a lot of content. I just hope, which they won't do, they price it a little bit less because you're not getting that fidelity upgrade that you're getting on the other platforms. That's a, yeah, I'm intrigued to know who buys it because you'd think by now anyone who's going to buy or well, buy Skyrim has probably bought it maybe several times over on several different consoles. And as you say, we've already got Skyrim on the Switch. It was, I think, one of the launch titles. Are we ready for the same game again with some additions? They I can see it would have made sense to release it as like a paid DLC upgrade. I don't know if they actually even have the capacity to do that, but as a whole new game, I don't know. It is worth noting that on the other platforms, you can upgrade to the anniversary edition, uh, whether that is physical or digital. So I think for the if they did the same £15 upgrade... That would be a lot more palatable than having to buy the whole title again for 50 quid. And I suppose they must be basing this, if this is more than a rumour, they must be basing this also partially on Skyrim sales on the Switch. So obviously there has been an audience, but I'm like you, Al, I I, kind of don't see where, you know, because I've got Skyrim, but I'm not that bothered about getting the anniversary edition. You know, I'm not, I'm probably not going to do that, but other people might go for it and and that's fine. But I would have thought they'd have gone on the, the... 
Series X or the, you know, what the PS5 or something, but it is a rumor. Anyway, uh, also EA Games has pitched an acquisition to Disney, Apple and Amazon. This is another rumor. EA Games uh, have also uh, pitched a merger to with NBC Universal. But th- these stories are coming out all the time, um, like acquisitions and mergers. It seems to be like the thing of the last couple of years and every week there's a bigger company wants to merge or take over another bigger company um but yeah what what's your take on this al uh simple if they sell themselves their shareholders make a whole lot of money it's just basic business i mean you could start reading into it that oh maybe they're in trouble oh there's issues and to be fair i mean they have just lost to fifa ib Maybe there are issues. Uh, so, yeah, it's probably not that big a story. Uh, they have been, presumably, been doing this for years and it's just come out. But we are in a time when everybody's buying everybody. I mean, the games industry seems to be in more flux at the moment than it has been for as long as I can remember. People are literally being absorbed, bought, merged, left, right and centre. So, in that regard, it's not that surprising. But EA is a big big player and it's kind of surprising to see that they are touting themselves around rather than going around trying to buy other people. Indeed, it's a very interesting time to see this, especially after they've just completed their largest acquisition ever of Codemasters. Um, I could see why there would be some apprehension of the shareholders losing the FIFA IP and their one of their biggest IPs, um, Battlefield, not performing quite as well as usual. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, Sorry. What I find really interesting is actually who they have been tied themselves to. I mean, they're not tied themselves to other games developers. Uh, going to Disney, going to Apple, going to Amazon... Going to NBC, they're all content creators. They're not video game houses. Yeah, but does that not tie in with the kind of the way EA is and has been going in terms of extra content and um, and pay to play and all that kind of stuff? I could kind of almost see it. They're maybe trying to position themselves slightly less about the games and more about a kind of, I don't know, an, a sort of paying pyramid scheme. No, I'm joking. I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like a kind of a different kind of angle on it. Well, I can see why they maybe approach Apple, because Apple has a gaming platform and they've got Apple Arcade. That one I can kind of see. I wonder if they just saw an opportunity and went, hey, Disney, do you want to try and copy them? We can give you this ready-made games development house. Just off you go. You can go move all your all your IPs under this, your own roof. You can develop them all yourself. Amazon's a weird one, but maybe there's movements that we're not sure about. They want to enter the gaming industry themselves too. don't know. Yeah. I just find that whole concept fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I think the thing that all three of these platforms show is people that have attempted to expand into gaming and failed. The original Amazon Fire TV came released as the gaming edition with yeah. a controller and they'd set up huge gaming studios that all failed. Apple Arcade is paddling away somehow. And then Disney Interactive had a horrible existence of not really being able to make money so seeing the i uh, well the the former agreement between the star wars uh, property and yay i could see disney with all of their properties all the mobile games that they're doing wanting to have an in-house studio on this scale yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see how it develops and if it does develop as well of course but um yeah i it it doesn't surprise me in some ways uh, in other ways it's strange it's, it's definitely strange okay let's move on then and it's time for the quiz i have so many questions it is quiz time again so uh mike you're you're nipping at anton's heels in the quiz here it's uh it's six points to anton five points to mike i know this wonders will never cease <laughs> wow get nervous Ah, uh, well, so you should be. Although I'm intrigued to see which of you gets, well, any of these games this week, to be honest. <laughs> oh no, here we go. <laughs> uh, I've got not, I've not really, well, I've kind of got a theme. I've got a loose theme. You'll probably figure it out by then. Let's just dive straight in. The first game is a platformer released on the Game Boy in 1997. 97? Wow. Okay. Um, the, the original Game Boy. The original Game Boy in 1997. A... Donkey Kong Country? No. The Simpsons? It is not. It was re-released the next year in 1998 as a launch title for the Game Boy Color. Oh, Anton's going to get this. Um... Silence reigns. Super Mario All-Stars? No. 
Is it Wario Land 2? It's not. It was published by Nintendo outside of Japan, but someone else in Japan. Um, Mega Man. Nope. Kirby's Adventure. Nope. Um, to be fair, this game, it's a very different take on a fairly well-known gaming franchise. Mm. Oh, is it um, Tomb Raider? No. A well-known gaming franchise and a different take. It was Game Boy, then Game Boy Advance launch title. Uh, Doom? Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, it was a standard platform format, so it's a sort of 25 levels across five worlds, boss fight at the end. It contained a mini-game called Jump Mode that the Nintendo Power praised as being innovative. Um, Batman? Nope. Is it uh, Mission Impossible? No. Uh, this game in the franchise eschewed the traditional top-down view in favour of a side-scrolling platformer. Pac-Man? Nope. Uh, Metal Gear Solid? It is not. It was developed by Hudson Soft. Oh, um, oh, is it Bomberman? Bomberman Adventure? It's not Bomberman Adventure. I'm going to say it's not Bomberman. Oh. I'll give you the last clue. You still throw bombs to defeat enemies. <laughs> That's the last clue. Um, but, uh, um, Bomber. <laughs> no, bomb, not Bomber. Bomb, bomb. Not Bomb, Bomb. I don't. I will have to pass. Well, that was my last clue. I've got no more after that, so I'm going to give Mike half a point because he did get Bomberman. Uh, the actual title is Pocket Bomberman. Okay, so. well, I think half a point is fair then. <laughs> yep, I'll give you half a point for I that. Was gonna th- on, uh, I was about to jump in and say, if you told me the, the, the game was called The Bombs of Old Eternia, then I would have been like, I don't deserve half a point. But since you said it was Pocket <laughs> Bomberman, I'm like, okay, I can take it. Yeah, it's okay. I'll get. I'll be. I think that's a reasonable, reasonable you have point for. It. Okay, Thank let's you. see. Let's see who gets this next one. Then uh, this one's a 1999 action game. 1999 action game. Yeah. Um. Is it Medal of Honor? No. Tomb Raider. No, it was released on Windows, PlayStation, Dreamcast, and the Game Boy Color. Shenmue. No. <laughs> it wasn't the Game Boy Color. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Shenmue Pocket. Uh, You're a G- dumbass. GTA London. GTA London, it is not. No. Great guess, though. Uh, very, very good guess. Very good guess. Uh, the Game Boy Edition was developed by Tarantula Studios. Um, Spider-Man. <laughs> no. Sorry. What were the platforms again, Al? Windows, PlayStation, Dreamcast, and the Game Boy Color. And the, the studio only developed the Game Boy Color version. Uh, let it in. Oh, God. Uh, action Men. Nope. Uh, the game was developed with an eight-minute short film of live-action footage filmed in New York that acted as an introductory sequence for the game available via the game's publisher's website. Oh man. Random. Uh that's really inter- I probably would have had this. Um I can pretty much guarantee you had this game because I'm sure you've told me in the past that you had. Uh, Anton has definitely played it and I've definitely had it. Driver. Nope. Um the getaway. It's a generation out. <laughs> nope, nope. You're uh, you're correct. It is a generation out. Uh, the game focuses on players completing a series of levels, each requiring a set target score being achieved in order to progress to the next stage. Is it police camera action? No. You've both been pretty close with your guesses. Anton had one guess so far that's been the closest so far. Very, very close, but not right. Right. And it was a video, seven-minute video in New York, you said. An eight-minute short film, yep, and it was filmed in New York. Mm, is it Duke Nukem? Nope. Uh, the setting is unique for this series. It was uh, in a future, uh, retro-futuristic metropolis referred to only as Anywhere USA. Grand Theft Auto 2. It is! GTA 2! Oh, scandalous. 
<laughs> See, you were really close in London. But yeah. it wasn't London. <laughs> it's funny. Do you know what threw me was the Game Boy? Yep, that's the why game. I deliberately didn't tell you it was developed by DMA Design, who did all the other yeah, uh, I, versions. The Game Boy one, which was, by the way, really badly reviewed. Yeah. Was, I don't uh, even remember there being a Game Boy version of it, but yeah, that's why. Yeah, I don't remember there being a Game Boy version either, but apparently there was and it wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, without even getting to the tiebreaker the, or the, the closest pin, you've Draw level with Anton. I know. I don't know what's happening this year. There must be. It must be my. Uh, must be the year of the rat. I'm sure I'm a rat. But I, <laughs> I can't remember. You maybe know. You're the same year as me. Oh, uh, I couldn't tell you what we are. I've been told many times in the past, but I have no idea. Oh, what, I'll double what check. We are. While you do the last question. All right. So uh, for the close of the pin, just to see if Anton can you know claw back a little bit of dignity here. Um, <laughs> dog. <laughs> what year or dogs? I thought we might be dogs. Never. Mind. Okay. What year was Hamtaro? Ham Hams Unite released, and I specifically want the European release date because it released elsewhere other times. When was Hamtaro Ham Hams Unite released in Europe? Anton, go first. Uh, let's go for 2000. Uh, I'm gonna go 99. Well, you're wrong. Anton's closer. 2003. Well done, Anton. <laughs> On full enough, the Game Boy Color. That was my theme. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, wow. Is that six all? It's six apiece. Wow. Can we just stop the show now? Because <laughs> that, <laughs> that's the end of the podcast forever. Um, no, well done, Anton. You are. You will, I'm sure, still end up victorious, but I will I milk this you've moment. Been, you've been killing it for the last couple of weeks. I know, I know what's going on. Uh, just a quick reminder, nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. Anton, we've got the YouTube as well that you can check out. A bunch of reviews on there. Indeed. Uh, new stuff going out. Basically, near weekly, um, some new games, some indies you may have missed, mainly new games, but do check it out. Tons of great titles uh, to then also add to your wish list. Exactly. And if you feel like doing old school stuff, you can still drop us an email, podcast at nsukp.co.uk. You can let us know your thoughts on any games. You can give us a personal review of the podcast if you don't want to do it publicly on iTunes, but we would be very grateful if you did do it publicly on iTunes, particularly if it's a good one. Uh, that makes us generally quite happy. Yes, very much so. And with that, we will see you next week. Stay safe. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.